Hello, welcome to NRAE, IICLE's podcast about all things law, big and small. My name is Courtney Smith. My guest today is Martin D. Parsons. He is the director of the Veterans Legal Assistance Program and a clinical assistant professor at Southern Illinois University School of Law in Carbondale. He focuses on VA disabilities and benefits appeals and discharge assistance in limited circumstances. He has 25 years combined military service in the U.S. Marine Corps and the Illinois Army National Guard. And he is the author on the recently published chapter on VA benefits and Ickles Military Law Handbook. Thank you, Martin, so much for being here. We really appreciate you giving us the time today and look forward to this conversation. Thanks, Courtney. I appreciate the opportunity uh, to talk about uh, the VA stuff. Excellent. Could you start by telling us a little bit of your background, both in military and law? Sure. Um, as the bio said, I did four and a half years right out, of the, right out of high school in the Marine Corps. And then I got out to go to college and joined the Illinois Army National Guard. And uh, after a short period part-time, I got a full-time job in the Illinois Army National Guard and did the rest of my time full-time uh, in the Guard. Uh, I did a tour in Iraq from 2005 to 2006 with the 2nd and 130th Infantry out of Urbana. And then I retired, um, got bored, and went to law school. Uh, came to Southern Illinois and from 12 to 2015. Uh, worked at a small firm here uh, doing uh, business law and employment law. And then uh, was fortunate enough to be, to be hired to restart our Veterans Legal Assistance Program Clinic, um, which I've had the pleasure to, to run for the last five years. Excellent. So let's just jump right in and talk about VA, since that is your specialty. Um, Can you give us sort of an overview on the VA and the benefits that veterans can get from it? So the VA is broken into three branch or three parts. There's the health administration that most people think of when they think of the VA hospital. Right. Uh, There's the benefit uh, administration, which is the compensation, the money part of it that we'll talk mostly about. And then the cemetery administration, which governs all all of the federal uh, veteran cemeteries across the country. Um, So those are the three branches of the VA. And then most of my work is within the benefits administration, um, having to do with uh, compensation primarily, which is probably the most well-known benefit that veterans receive uh, if they are injured in service, VA compensation. Um, it's a monthly benefit that go that increases in the amount uh, corresponding with the amount of disability that a veteran has. And without going into a whole class on VA law, um, that's sort of an overview. So it's a monthly uh, compensation check. Um, but with that also comes um, some health care. Um, specifically for the disability. And as the veteran's disability increases, they could also get health care for more things. Um, it, there are different milestones for um, what health care benefits they could receive. So those are really the top, some of the, the top benefits that a veteran 
can receive. Um, educational benefits is another VA benefit that is probably pretty well known. Post 9-11 GI Bill is currently um, really one of the best benefits. Um, vocational rehabil rehabilitation um, with similar benefits, but uh, narrowing down to for veterans who, are, who do have a disability. Um, VA home loan, that's another big one that uh, we, most, most veterans are familiar with and people hear about the home loan guarantee, but there are a handful of lesser known federal benefits. Uh, there's a VA pension, which is income-based. It's uh, really low income veterans who have virtually no other income may qualify for a pension. Service connected veterans also have the ability to, to buy life insurance um, at a certain premium. I mentioned before, burial benefits that, that come along with uh, just serving. Uh, there are accrued benefits, which come with for a, uh, a surviving service member's family. If they have any benefits coming, a last check, um, those are benefits they could receive. Or um, if a veteran passes and they've re been receiving disability benefits, um, his family or her family or, or in children may be able, uh, may be qualified for dependency and indemnity compensation, DIC, um, depending on um, how the veteran passed, if it was related to their service disability, um, if they were rated a certain level of disability for 10 years or more are some of the criteria. Um, and then there's also a pension uh, for surviving spouses, um, but it's also income-based uh, and it's a pretty low income threshold um, is uh, kind of the last, um, not the last, but one of the, the bigger, lesser known um, dis federal disability benefits. Um, Illinois also has a handful of benefits that um, some veterans know about, some don't. Um, we can put, we can get a veteran identifier on our driver's license. Um, we can, if we get a certified copy of our 214 and take that down to the driver's license station, um, I think that we have to pay our fee, pay a fee to re redo it, and they'll put an identifier on our license. It's really nice to, to have, it's handy. Um, sometimes it's the only way to identify uh, that you're a veteran. We don't carry our, our discharge papers with us. It's a very nice right. Um, a nice benefit. Um, Illinois has some other stuff. They, they have a real estate exemption for disabled veterans at 30% or more. Um, it's a graduated uh, benefit. Um, Illinois has their own educational benefits, the Illinois Veterans Grant for military members who leave from Illinois, come back to Illinois, go to school in Illinois, they get a four-year scholarship. Um, uh, employment assistance, uh, driver's license plates that so we have a, we have a, depending on your branch, you can get a license plates that has uh, your, your emblem on it or service period as well. Um, for disabled veterans, they, Illinois waives the hunting and uh, fishing fees for some, uh, for some disabled veterans as well. So oh, wow. I was reminded of that as I was preparing for this. Oh, yeah. So there's definitely things that are well known, like you said, but then there are the, those last ones you mentioned that I certainly had no idea about. So do you have any resources for service members that they could find out 
and use these benefits? Can, can we give them some direction on finding out about these things? Yeah, Courtney, in Illinois, uh, the Illinois Department of Veterans Affairs um, has, a, has a really good website for starters, but they also have, um, and I don't know the exact number, but they have veterans service officers all across the state who are really the front lines for helping veterans just answering questions, getting information about their benefits, either state or federal. Um, so that would be a great starting place. Um, and then the Illinois Attorney General um, has a Military and Veterans Rights Bureau. Um, they have a really great website that also lists more benefits. Um, they're more focused on protections, um, fraud uh, and other things, frauds against veterans and employment challenges. Uh, Illinois also has the Illinois Armed Forces Legal Aid Network, uh, which is a statewide hotline for uh, legal issues for veterans. A veteran can call the, the hotline, uh, answer by an attorney, they triage the calls, and then uh, refer them out to either um, an attorney somewhere in the state where they may live or that does that work, or a social service provider sometimes. Uh, the Illinois Armed Forces Legal Aid Network. They have a really good website as well that lists the hotline number. Um, so those are uh, some really good places to start uh, to get additional information. Right, definitely. Those sound fantastic. It sounds like there are a lot of people out there ready to help the service members with pretty much any, any of these things they need to find out about. So that sounds great. So let's talk now about sort of legal issues military members might face. Are there any certain issues that could come up when an attorney is representing a service member that might not come up when an attorney is representing a civilian? Yeah, I think that... Um... The work that we do here, the VA issues and the discharge upgrades are things that you know, attorneys may not be familiar with, may not have encountered before, um, that are different than what their other civilian clients um, might encounter, might have. Um, uh, so that would be something that they would want to keep in mind uh, and, and maybe talk to them uh, if, they, if that comes up in their, their discussions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is there any, anything that an attorney should do to prepare to represent a service member? Because, you know, there, I think a service member would be, is coming from a different, completely different world than a civilian. So can you think of any steps an attorney could take to be ready to face these challenges? Yeah, Courtney, I think like representing any uh, if special population is the right way, but uh, yeah. clients just taking the time to be, before they meet with veteran clients to, to get some military cultural competence, for example, um, and to learn about the, the military. Um, one of the, and there are a lot of resources. Um, there are a really great starting point would be 
uh, the military law and branch overview chapter of military service and the law that, that this uh, that my chapter is a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives a really good overview of branches of the service and, and what it's like to serve there. Um, there are other CLEs that are available to get that uh, information, uh, to get a background in it. Um, there's just a lot of ways to find that information, but taking the time to do that would be really helpful. Um, and then not making assumptions either as, as part of that after you, even if you uh, haven't had an opportunity to gain that that knowledge, but not making assumptions, uh, again, like anybody else that you that we work with, um, asking questions uh, about uh, their service or about if they have needs or things that better ways that an attorney can can help them um, and just being sensitive to those those things and, and listening. Sure, definitely. Very good points. So can we go back to your background a little bit? You served in the military, um, the Marine Corps, and then the National Guard, and then you decided to go to law school. So how do you think that your military background prepared you to become a lawyer? Um, It gave me a lot more self-discipline than I had before, for sure. Um, And in the the legal field, we really need that to get our work done. We're very self-directed. So uh, that military experience helped me with that. Um, following orders is very easy for me, um, um, whether it's from a judge or um, the court or uh, other things, uh, that's been very helpful. Um, I don't spend a lot of time questioning the orders or questioning the things. Um, I just do them. Uh, for, sometimes it's not always good, but I follow <laughs> orders well. Um, it helped me handle help, difficult situations, too. I've um, been in a lot of situations that um, are challenging. So those experiences helped me do that as well. Um, and really it helped me, uh, learn to work with a lot of different people also, and, uh, to maybe just, uh, have more empathy for them. Just having worked with a people from all backgrounds and, and cultures and, uh, things that uh, I wouldn't have have been exposed to if I had um, gone right from my small town, Illinois to, to, to college, I would have never been exposed to those things. Um, So that's really helped me and, and respect for others um, was ingrained in us very heavily that really, I think has helped me in my, in my practice. Right. Oh, definitely. That's really interesting. Do you think there are similarities between law and the military? Um, you talked about discipline and following orders. Is there anything else? Um, yeah, those are really those are big things. I mean, in yeah. the military, we have the Uniform Code of Military Justice, the UCMJ. Um, in the civilian world, we have a whole plethora of other <laughs> other rules. Definitely. Um, so those are those are similarities in the following uh, the law are very similar. True. Okay, so um, earlier when we were talking, you were giving me um, a lot of a lot of good information about how attorneys 
who either want to get involved or want to just familiarize themselves with the issues that veterans face can. And you brought up a good point that you don't have to have a military background as an attorney to get involved um, or even to learn about these things um, and how it's a good idea for any attorney just to sort of have a familiarity with these issues. Um, Can you talk just a little bit about that and sort of what the basics that someone should know? I mean, we, we did talk about this a little bit, but I just think it's important for our listeners who are attorneys to know that even if they have no military background, there are opportunities and they can step up or become involved in this sort of thing. Yeah, Courtney, I, there, and being a, a veteran isn't necessary to, to help veterans. If, if attorneys have just a heart for helping people in the veteran population, there are a lot of ways to do that without um, having to be a veteran. It's definitely not necessary. Um, and there are great resources to get familiar with that. Um, but not a, it's just not, not a lot different than serving another population. Uh, we talked about you, know, you don't have to be over 60 to, to work with um, uh, trusts and estates for, for elderly clients or in, in elder law. Um, and there are ways to get, um, to, to get familiar, familiarity with it um, and ways to help without having to completely commit to uh, a matter as well. Uh, we have, in Illinois, we have a lot of great tools for attorneys to use to coach or guide clients uh, for family law matters, for example, without having to uh, go all in on a divorce case. Um, Illinois allows coaching and ghostwriting that could really help a lot of uh, veteran clients and uh, along the way, just with some guidance um, without having to um, completely commit to, to that kind of case. Um, if someone's just, if someone's willing to do that. Right. Yeah. I think that's so important for people to know. Thank you for that. So just to sort of wrap things up, is there anything else you wanted to mention about the VA or the benefits or anything in general about military law? Um, yeah, I just don't, I don't think I have a lot more to add uh, on it. We, there's always opportunities to, to help veterans. Like I said, the, the Illinois Armed Forces Legal Aid Network is a great starting point. Uh, PILI, the Public Interest Law Initiative, Institute um, is kind of the clearinghouse for uh, attorneys who want to volunteer to assist um, and they can assist with a VA claim. Uh, There's another significant challenge for veterans is uh, getting out with bad paper with a other than honorable discharge. It's a fantastic uh, way to help uh, a veteran without having to learn a bunch of law. Assisting with a discharge upgrade is really just persuasive writing. Um, and there are also ways to do to assist with that. Doesn't take nearly the time investment, or just coaching and guiding uh, a, a veteran through uh, a legal issue sometimes as well. 
Wonderful. Well, Martin, thank you so much for talking with us today about this. This was some wonderful information. And I think it's going to be really helpful to our attorneys listening and representing members of the U.S. Armed Forces. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you for listening to NRAE. If you would like to learn more about IICLE, its programs, or its publications, please visit IICLE.com. Thank you.